All right, what's up you guys? You got Laura and Michelle here in the home studio recording another episode of Bikini Things for you guys. We got a super exciting topic today. We're going to be talking about reverse dieting, off season. It's kind of that time of year. It's like PSL season. PSL, the holidays are coming up. Most people like to reverse or book during the holiday season. Gives yeah. the excuse to be able to eat a little bit more. Totally. Sweater weather. Events. Yeah, sweater weather means mm-hmm. covering covering up that off-season physique if, if you're feeling a little bit self-conscious. So we'll be talking about that. But before we do, let's catch up a little bit on what's going on our, in our lives since the last time we chatted. So what have you been up to, Michelle? So, I mean, working for sure. I just came back from a weekend in Temecula. One of my really good friends is getting married. So that's kind of also why reverse dieting is good during this time because I've got a lot of events going up with that. Um, But it was a nice little getaway, beautiful weather. Nice, nice. That's always a good time. Yeah, Temecula is super pretty. Lots of good wine to drink there. So that sounds like a great weekend. Yeah, we just had... Halloween, not too long ago. Yeah, Halloween was last Sunday, so we are recording Sunday, November 7th. Um, what did you do for Halloween, Michelle? Um, What did I do? I don't even know. Uh, we got onesies, so we, we dressed up. So we were talking last time about what to dress up our dogs as, but mm-hmm. me and Danny ended up dressing up as our dog. We got little husky onesies. And just kind of hung out, had a few trick-or-treaters, which was better than last year because we literally had one party and it was because we asked our neighbors to come get candy. But so we, we hung out here. Or nice. Not here, but. Nice. Yeah. Um, Frankie was a UPS man. Yes. That costume was a big hit. <laughs> got, a, got a lot of positive feedback on the gram for that. And he was super cute. It's one of those ones with the fake arms so it looks like he's a person carrying a fake package it was super super cute um and he actually he wore it because we were just kept giving him treats so he was actually fine kind of fine for a while in terms of i'm trying to think where we left off last time well you went to well you also recorded an episode but you went to olympia weekend yeah yeah yeah. so so olympia weekend actually it's probably probably a good topic it's kind of crazy um so yeah i went to olympia weekend with my roommate rafaela who's also a bikini pro and it was a really fun weekend great experience um but also kind of we should mention in the news is uh sean rudin passed away yes yesterday and that's a lot of people are shocked he was mr olympia 2018 and and he was there at the I remember seeing him at the Olympia weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, was always a really friendly, positive uh, person in the bodybuilding community. And there's definitely a lot of a lot of people that are really sad, really upset about it. And I think a lot of people wondering if it will change anything for bodybuilding, um, given that there have been so many athletes that have passed away in the last month. In terms of in terms of me personally, what I've been up to mostly just working. Work has been very busy for me. I'm I'm covering for a coworker's paternity leave, which um, is somewhat annoying. I mean, I would love my own eight week vacation to do nothing, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So that's kind of what's going on with me. I'm still in off season, just trying to grow, and I'm feeling really good about how my physique's coming along. My lifts are going really well. I'm feeling strong in the gym. I feel good about how my physique's looking. Kim is happy, so so I'm happy with how I'm doing so far. And that's, I think those are the major things. 
team is growing. We've got, you know, some more, some more girls. I've got some more lifestyle clients. So that's always exciting and trying to build out. Yeah. You've had some team. people recently compete. Yeah. Actually I had a pair. She won a, she won the novice overall yes. at border state. So yeah. So my first girl to win a, a novice overall and she did it on a vegan diet. So pretty, pretty impressive. She looked great. And I actually think she probably would have won the whole show the girl that beat her in her true novice class and her open class won the show. Mm-hmm. And Paris's physique was actually better. If you, mm. if you, I will argue her physique was better. Her glutes and her shoulders were fuller. The girl that beat her was just very, very confident. And yeah. a lot of times, for an overall, they will choose the girl that's the most that's confident. Fair. So I think, I think I missed winning the overall last year at Governor's Cup because I wasn't super confident. I was a little bit, it'd been like a year and a half since I was on stage. I was a little bit shaky. And so they picked this really petite girl that competed with me at USA's the next weekend. She didn't turn pro and I did. Mm, Okay. So a lot of times the overall win, I think the overall win, a lot of times confidence is a huge factor in that, but she did, she did incredible. Yeah. Confidence is one of those things that a lot of times it just takes more and more times on that stage in order to build that. So to be that close in was it her first it was her first show first show yeah, yeah. so yeah that's insane yeah and she took the novice overall which is awesome so that means she can't do novice anymore she mm-hmm. can't do true novice she can't do novice <laughs> so pretty incredible um so all those things have been been really good and just looking forward to the holidays so with all that said let's transition into our topic for today it's that time of year it's fall it's pumpkin spice latte season or psl if you're not hip to the acronym or the lingo it's PSL season and a lot of competitors this is the time of year when we hang up our heels and take a break focus on improving our physique you know take a take a minute from prepping and and take an off season so we thought this was a really relevant topic for today talking about reverse dieting and also off season so Michelle maybe maybe just let's start at the beginning why don't we talk about what is a reverse diet yeah, so reverse dieting, I was kind of, obviously we we are familiar with the word, but to take a definition approach, it's ultimately the act of slowly increasing your food intake after a calorie-restricted diet to promote long-term weight maintenance. It's also to help resume more normal habits after a cut, so a cut would be, you know, when we're competing. Um, ultimately, the goal... I mean, that, that's the main thing we want to talk about is, like, the goals of reverse dieting are, as a bikini competitor or lifestyle, it's to, to build lean muscle, right? That's, like, one of the main things and to build that metabolism back. Yeah, and if you think about it, it seems like kind of a, a weird term or if you go back to your normal eating, oh, my gosh, aren't you going to gain all your weight back? But if you think about it, as you diet and, let's say you start out your diet at 150 pounds. If you were to just calculate your BMR, your basal metabolic rate based on 150 pounds, you'll come out with some, you know, some number like X, whatever that, whatever that number is. As you lose weight, as you drop weight, not only does your basal metabolic rate decrease just because of the fact that you no longer weigh 150 pounds, but also your body is going to do what it can to conserve energy along mm-hmm. the way. So your metabolism is lower by the time you finish that diet. Even if you're doing crazy cardio, even if you're eating very little, your metabolism has slowed down. 
So doing a reverse diet, it gives your metabolism the chance to catch up as you increase your food and as you decrease your cardio. You know, if you were to go from dieting and say doing an hour of cardio a day, eating 1200 calories a day, and then you finish your diet and you go back to doing no cardio Mm -hmm. and eating 2000 plus calories a day, you're going to gain a lot of weight really fast. So if you do it slowly, deliberately, you're giving your body the chance to ramp up its metabolism gradually so that you're not seeing a crazy change in body composition or in competing what we hear of as rebounding, Mm -hmm. right? So rebounding is the dreaded R word is where somebody finishes a competition and due to a number of reasons can gain a lot of weight really quickly after a competition. So reverse dieting is actually really important when we do something extreme like a bikini prep or a competition prep. And I would argue that you should have a reverse diet like ready to go the day after the show or something like that, like immediately after. I think that's a lot of times what happens with the rebound is when you don't have that game plan. I mean, I've heard some horror stories of female competitors who day after the show, they just resumed their normal diet. They, you know, just went back to eating out or went back to eating a higher calorie diet, stopped doing cardio. And it's part of that is on the coach. The coach didn't prepare them. And I think that can be a big, a big struggle. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a good point. Yeah. The coach, to some extent, it's, I mean, it, it is the coach's responsibility to provide good direction to their competitors. At the same time, unfortunately, I know that there, I know and I've experienced that they're like, there's, there's coaches that maybe don't know what they're doing or they're just not that experienced and they don't realize that they need to give this information to their client. The client doesn't know they, to reverse diet Yeah, themselves. they think it's like obvious right like you know because me and you as coaches we know what can also I mean on the flip side you can also have a coach where maybe you paid them for three months Mm -hmm. and you didn't pay them for anything after the show day and so bye deuces they're gone (laughs) they're gone the second you step off stage that can happen too unfortunately Mm -hmm. yeah so it's super important that's you know part of the reason we want to put this out there is to give that information of how important it is to reverse diet so, I mean, what are what are some steps to reverse dieting? So what's what's kind of the first thing to focus on? Um, well, I would say number one, first, first thing when you're done with the show is to rehydrate yourself. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's the thing I always tell. I've told you this. I've to, I tell every single girl, before you go ham on food, get, get some water in you. Like mm-hmm. get water in you. Your hunger, thirst cues are super confused after the show because you went a day and a half basically on minimal water. Yeah. So that's the first thing is you got to rehydrate yourself. And then after that, I mean, yeah, you want that reverse diet plan in place immediately. Like ideally the next day after the show, you know what to do. You've got good direction and good instruction and everyone is different because the way you prepped really affects it. So somebody who is doing two hours of cardio a day, eating maybe less than a thousand calories a day, will be in a very different position than somebody who is eating 1,500 calories a day doing mm-hmm. less than an hour of cardio. Yeah, um, so from, I guess, a general perspective, if you weren't, say your coach didn't give you a plan afterwards, the most 
simple way to put it is keep it as close to what you were doing before your show as possible. Mm-hmm. So if that's two hours of cardio before your show, okay, two hours is a lot to, to get back into, but do do a little bit less. Don't go from two hours to 10 minutes. Go from two hours to maybe hour 45, hour, whatever it is, to slowly taper yourself down Yeah. while watching, you know, ultimately the same thing with the food, keeping those calories fairly close to where you ended when your yeah. show was. Yeah. And again, everyone is different, but yeah, big picture. And I would say kind of ballpark for a bikini athlete. I'm not talking, I'm not talking men. I'm not talking bodybuilders or anything, but for bikini competitors, a good ballpark would be, okay, maybe each week post show, you're reducing your cardio by five to 10 minutes per day per week, meaning each week, maybe you're dropping off 10 minutes of how much cardio you're doing until you get to that whatever that final set point is going to be. Some people really like doing cardio in off season. I'm not one of those people. So I try to get it pretty low. And for, for someone like you, Michelle, for any of the girls I prep, I try to get it low, but also we keep some in just for the sake of staying healthy, keeping our aerobic fitness, our Mm -hmm. cardio respiratory fitness good. And also too, so that way you've got good endurance during your lifts. If you're doing a tough, Mm -hmm. tough strength training session and you're, you know, haven't been doing any cardio at all, you're going to get pretty winded Yeah, and it will actually affect your ability to train hard. Yeah. And your ability to build muscle, even though a lot of times we can imagine cardio as this thing that is going to stop you from building muscle. In reality, being healthy is going to be the best thing to help you gain that lean muscle mass. So that does mean including cardio in your program. Yeah. So, so that's a pretty simple way to taper the cardio. Um, you know, you can also drop the number of days per week along with that. So I would say most of us are probably doing cardio seven days a week by the time we're, by the time we're hitting the stage, maybe if we're one of those blessed few, maybe we're doing six or something less, but most of us are doing seven. So you can also, as part of the reverse diet, drop the number of days of cardio. So maybe down to six or five or four, whatever, whatever it is. Different coaches will go about it in a variety of ways. But ballpark, let's say you didn't get any information from your coach or maybe you've got a show upcoming and you want to know what to expect. That's probably a pretty good, you know, one size fits all approach to tapering Mm -hmm. the cardio. Yeah. And not to mention, so cardio is one thing. Weightlifting is going to be another important factor when it comes to reverse dieting because, again, your goal is to build as much lean muscle mass as possible. That means you need to be sending the right signals to the muscles, especially the ones that you want to build for future mm-hmm. seasons if this is a competitor approach. So, you know, if you are on stage and your feedback is to build your lats or build your butt, that's what you want to, to focus on. You don't want to focus on something that may have already been overdeveloped. You don't want to jump off the stage, start doing traps, you know, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> so focusing on having the right programming is also important. And that also tapers off as well. Typically, if you were lifting seven days a week, maybe trying to reduce that to five days a week while still sending those signals. Yeah. Yeah. That's really important is, um, you know, a huge part of reverse dieting is just not, not skipping the workouts and not skipping the cardio. Unfortunately, it can be, it can be really Mm -hmm. tough. It can be really mentally tough, especially when you get off stage and you might be super tired and mentally drained, but for the sake of 
not putting yourself in a terrible position physically and mentally. You kind of just have to stick with it. Like I think my my prep for USA's in 2019 where I was ended up one place from a pro card. I got up to 70 minutes of cardio a day, which is like my all-time high for a prep. And I really didn't want to taper my cardio. I really didn't. But I forced myself to because I knew that I was just going to end up looking crappier and not feeling good about myself if I didn't do it. So it was really hard to taper it down. But, you know, getting down finally to 20 minutes a day Mm -hmm. just felt like such a blessing after that. Because each week it was, you know... I think initially because I was eating kind of like a monster. I think I was doing like 65 the next week because I was eating a lot. Yeah, and it can be you don't realize it too because a lot of times right when you finish your competition and if you do eat like a monster, you're not going to see that weight gain right away. Your body is able to I don't even I I honestly don't know exactly what happens, but I definitely see like you can eat a lot. Like I remember after my competition, eating a bunch of sushi, and I looked like even leaner the next day. Yeah. Right? So, so at was, first you fair. seem fine. That's You're fair. like, oh, I'm good. Yeah, that's right. Fair. Okay. So one time. One yeah. Time, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you do that every day. Yeah, and then it adds up. Yeah, Yeah. but it's like you—if that happens the first day, then you're like, "Oh, I'm fine." Oh, I got a refeed. Yeah, yeah. Look look how good I look. Yeah. Yeah, So you can't keep doing that because yes, it adds up, and your body is gonna be like, "Yo, let's." Yeah. So I knew I needed to, as painful as it was, I knew I needed to taper my cardio um, that prep, and I and I always I always do, but that one was a personal high for me, Mm -hmm. so it was that much more painful to still be doing like sixty minutes upstairs two weeks post show yeah why not um, yeah and, the, and that's the mental challenge when it comes I mean that's one of the mental challenges when it comes to reverse dieting what are some other kind of mental challenge challenges would you say I think it's also it's always hard to see your body change mm-hmm. when it when you're not getting leaner when you're getting leaner it's exciting mm-hmm. when you're gaining body fat especially as women I don't think any of us are really happy with that your your clothes can start fitting differently too so then you've got this external feedback that oh you're not the same as you were before it just yeah it's more of a mental emotional side because reverse dieting even though we've said the goal is to gain lean body mass when you're in a caloric surplus which is what this is it's possible to gain body fat as well like that and that's expected immediately after a show when we're getting down to 8% body fat, that's not sustainable to stay at that 8% body fat. Yeah. Well, and I mean, for some, and this is maybe more for like a lifestyle type Mm -hmm. of client or something like that. Sometimes the reverse diet, the calories are intended to be maintenance calories. And Mm -hmm. you're just trying to give your, your body the chance to increase its maintenance slowly mm-hmm. and gradually yeah and recomposition so, that's yeah. kind of where the body recomposition goes if you're focused more on that maintenance calories but you may still see some changes in how your clothes are fitting right so even if your weight stays the same and you're in maintenance you could be still losing you know some body fat or gaining some muscle yeah and staying. yeah I had um I had a lifestyle client I'll use her first name I guess I had a lifestyle client that um got married this year, her name's Judy, and she did a really great job. She was so on top of her macros and did really well. And we got her to the point that she was very happy, leaner, looking really nice and fit. And we reverse dieted her. And for a while, like for almost like a month, she was like dropping more body fat as mm-hmm. we were increasing her food mm-hmm. and dropping her cardio. So when stuff like that happens, like that's really like the magic of 
reverse dieting when it's done correctly. Yeah, so to transition a little bit to a lifestyle perspective, I mean, what would you say, can you give me the ideal, like, client that would come to you that needs to be reverse dieted as a lifestyle client? Yeah, I mean, someone like her, I've been working with her and we've been dieting, but even even someone who maybe has been trying to diet themselves Mm -hmm. and has spent an extended period of time in a deficit. And this is, there's a lot of women Mm -hmm. out there who are in that scenario because unfortunately there's so much messaging towards diet culture and to be thin Mm -hmm. and to restrict yourselves. And so there's a lot of women that they're doing their best and, and without a high level of knowledge, a lot of women, they're doing their best, right, to be mm-hmm. to be fit, to be in shape, to have the bodies they want. But what ends up happening is they just are starving themselves for these extended periods of time. And so someone like that, and I've had several women like this over the years, where they come to you, they've just been starving themselves. And what they actually need is, number one, they need a good strength training program, but they also need to learn how to eat more. Mm-hmm. And that can be kind of scary. That can be kind of scary, especially if you put together a, an eating program or nutrition program for them with a lot of like nutrient dense food. Mm-hmm. Carbs, it may, it Carbs may even can be, be scary for a yeah. lot of these clients. And sometimes it's actually, sometimes it might even be like the same calories they were eating at first, mm-hmm. but it looks like so much more food and that alone can kind of freak someone out. Yeah. Some, some ladies will be eating maybe one meal. Maybe it's one big meal. Cause I feel like that's a big part is a lot of the females will be coming in with these trends, right? Like they'll be maybe doing keto, maybe doing intermittent fasting, doing something that's that's not working and that is also making them in this cal- caloric deficit yet they're not losing weight. So a lot of times, I mean, they're coming in with those metabolisms that for lack of a better word, it's they're they're messed up, right? Their their metabolisms have kind of hit the floor and they're not seeing any changes happen. And that's when, you know, a reverse diet is exactly mm-hmm. what they need. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't we, that's a, that's a great point. Why don't we shift gears to talking about the nutritional side of it? Granted, there's no one size fits all. Everyone's different. But what, what would that typically look like, Michelle, when somebody's starting a reverse diet after a show or maybe after an extended period of dieting? Well, in the perspective of maybe a lifestyle client, it's really focusing on as much whole foods as possible. If it's, you know, not as strict, a lot of people follow that 80-20 rule, 80% whole foods, 20%, you know, other stuff. But in reality, you want it to be as much real food as possible. So avoiding those processed food are super important. And just tracking in general is super important, right? You want to know, in order to know that you're increasing your calories and staying the same weight or whatever, whatever your goal is, you've, you've got to track, right? Yeah. That's kind of the, the work that's required to get the benefits of the reverse diet. Really. I mean, really with anything, right? Competition prep, you've got either a very set meal plan that you're following, maybe with some allowed substitutions and, you know, and same thing with a lifestyle client, you've got to, you've got to follow something and then to ramp the calories back up, you kind of need to know where you're at. So you've got to have either a structured meal plan or maybe some macros or something so you can keep track of your of your progress and just your overall intake. Yeah, and typically as you're increasing calories, you want to hit your, you know, protein target, right? So protein is typically, I think, 0.75 to 1 gram of protein per pound. 
And then usually when you're increasing calories, it's the carbs and the fats that start to increase as you go up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Protein, you're going to hit a cap um, in terms of how much your body can actually absorb. And, and so beyond a certain amount, there's not really a benefit to increasing that. And then as you increase calories, increasing carbohydrates, increasing fats, that's important, especially for a competitor in particular, increasing carbs and fats is important, especially as a woman, because fats are what our hormones Mm -hmm. come from. So the, the dietary fat that we eat is what allows our body to produce hormones. So things like our estrogen, testosterone, progesterone. So many of us lose our cycle and it's because we've dropped our body fat so low and our dietary fat is extremely low. And so a lot of these processes kind of are just limping along. And so by increasing your fat deliberately is what can allow hormones to rebalance themselves kind of naturally Mm -hmm. after a competition prep. Yeah. Everyone's different. I mean, granted there are definitely some people that really struggle with hormonal issues after a competition, but by increasing the fats in particular, is very beneficial for women. Our hormones are so important and if they're if they're not right, if they're not in balance, it's going to be difficult to get your body to respond the way you want it to either in an off season or in a prep. Yeah, and I feel like this isn't as big of a problem for lifestyle as much as it used to be. I think with the current trends of food like not like with the keto diet being very popular, fats are being more normalized, but there was a while back where like fats were like that yeah the 90s it was like low fat low fat everything and then then everyone realized that low fat a lot of times meant lower fat but extra sugar and Mm -hmm. you know is that any better carbs and yeah so it's becoming more understandable especially in california with the avocados that you know there are good fats and fats are they're important they're actually between fats and proteins they're 100 percent essential for your body yeah, and especially, too, if you're a competitor who loses their menstrual cycle when you compete, it is important to increase the dietary fats post-competition. Um, I think, unfortunately, again, like I said, there's a lot of good coaches, but there's also coaches that maybe just don't know what's up. And so some of them will, you know, if they see how their athlete's progressing, if they feel like they're gaining too much weight or this or that, Or just in general, they might not ramp your fats back up. And that can, I think, be detrimental longer term or just just to get your body into a spot where it's healthy and it can respond. Yeah. And a lot of times the changes that occur between a prep and an off season is the type of diet too, right? So on prep, at least for for me, prep is more of that, what do we call it, bro diet, more meal plan, right? Mm -hmm. Eating pretty much the same thing while... A lot of times coaches will give a little bit more of a macro-based plan that's more flexible for that off-season or for that reverse diet. Yeah, Yeah, and everyone's really, everyone's different. We have our different preferences. Some people, I think, prefer the structure of a meal plan. Some people will do their preps on macros. I'm I'm not personally a fan of that uh, for myself or especially for new competitors, but I like, in off-season and reverse dieting, I like the flexibility that macros give Mm -hmm. so you can incorporate a lot more things i think it also helps mentally destigmatize foods so you know you went all prep not able to maybe have that you know scoop of ice cream or a burger or whatever it is right or piece of fruit maybe Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) even fruit and you don't want to i i think it's 
you got to think long term because there's competing is, is something that we're not going to do our entire lives. So if you're developing these weird attitudes about foods or you're developing this list of foods in your head that are quote unquote safe or, you know, not okay or okay, we don't want to, we don't want that. That's, it's a, you know, preliminary steps towards an eating disorder. So allowing yourself to have the foods you want, but maybe just keeping track of mm-hmm. how much you've had. So if you're reverse dieting and your calories that week are going to be 1500, you can have maybe a piece of pizza and still, still hit your macros for the day. still feel like, okay, I'm on track. I'm working towards my goals, but I've got some breathing room. So I'd love to, I'd love to open it up because both of us have competed a number of times and obviously was working with you, Michelle, on both of your preps. What is, what is your experience reverse dieting been like for better or for worse? Yeah. So I guess let's think about the, the last two, right? So the two competitions. So my first reverse diet, I think went really well. I think the, the main difference between this prep and last prep was last prep. After I was done competing, all I wanted was processed food. That was like my big craving and that's why that's no last prep okay the first one that's when my cereal addiction began (laughs) remember (laughs) um that was when my cereal addiction began but it also I used that's when my like protein fluff and I would just use like a little bit of cereal here and there so I, I did I think a really good job on my reverse last year this year was challenging because I went on vacation and that was where kind of right after my focus instead of on processed food I really wanted to eat out and then I went out and went went not I want to say crazy I really focused you know on on I think one of the tips you had given me was you know have maybe I think what I did I didn't even order I just ate everyone else's food but like I didn't wouldn't order like a full meal I would just kind of have that mentality of I can eat more of what I want but just practicing moderation right in those in those settings especially Mm -hmm. when you're vacationing and you want to enjoy the things um yeah that's I don't I can't think of any specific instant instance of like binging I don't think I I had any major problems with that I remember my first well also too okay let's let's differentiate because I hear this a lot with girls binging and overeating are not the same thing Mm -hmm. Do you want to, you're the clinician, you maybe describe the difference between the two? Yeah, yeah. So binging is more of the, what happens psychologically. So when you're binging, what's happening is your mentality is not even focused on the food you're eating. It's focused on putting that next thing in your mouth. Like you're completely losing that control versus overeating, you're eating beyond what you're you need to eat. Yeah, right? you're, like, just, like, you're maybe enjoying your food a bit and you're just kind of stuffing yourself a yeah. little bit more. Than... Yeah, but binging is that loss of control. Yeah. Ultimately. Yeah, that's that's the differentiating factor. So sometimes I'll have clients or friends or whatever say they binged when really they just overate. Or they ate something they weren't supposed to yeah, eat. Yeah, something maybe they, felt, maybe they felt bad about it. So there is a difference. You know, mm-hmm. binging is something that if it's a repeated pattern, yes, like go seek professional help mm-hmm. or something like that. Overeating, you know, it's maybe it's it's not totally unexpected to be honest. Like reverse dieting is it's tough for a lot of reasons and 
it happens. I think we're all human. I've done it. I, I wouldn't say I've binged ever, but I've definitely over ate post prep or post show. Um, a lot of us, a lot of us experience extreme hunger too, either <laughs> during our prep or after our prep. So I think that's, the above. <laughs> that's something we should talk about as well, because many of us experience this during our prep, obviously, but also post show. And as you're reverse dieting and you're trying to follow along with the meal plan or the macros your coach gave you, it still may not feel like enough food. Or even as you're increasing, increasing, you might feel so, so hungry. And part of what we wanted to talk about was just the, the hormones in our body, ghrelin and leptin. So ghrelin is our, it's our hunger hormone and sends a signal to your brain to consume more food. And leptin is the opposite. It sends a signal to your brain. Okay. I'm full. I'm satisfied. Stop eating. Leptin is stored in your body fat cells. So what do we have very little of when we're stage lean? Body fat, right? Mm -hmm. So what happens is you can develop this very strong hunger cue because ghrelin does increase as we diet. And leptin, you're essentially losing it as you diet. You're losing your body fat. You're losing that cue to your brain to say, I'm satisfied, we're full. And so until, until maybe you're at more of a maintenance type of body fat, you might be experiencing this extreme hunger. And that's and that's where I would argue that genetic variability, body types plays a different role. Some people naturally walk around a little leaner. Some tend to carry more body fat. And I think those cues of when you're satiated versus when you're not are going to be a little different for everyone as well. So that's, that's something I would mention. I know I've had that during prep. I don't know if you've experienced that, Michelle. I experienced that on prep, off prep. I I definitely last year was like, I felt always hungry. And I think one of the things that, one of the things that happens a lot with, with people on prep is the, the licking of the plate, right? Yeah. I, I don't know if you do that, but I do that. For sure. I oh, still do sure. that. Oh, when I'm, I don't, yeah. Off season, no, I, I cut that out. The licking of the plate <laughs> is to get every last grain of rice or little you know, morsel of oatmeal off the plate as possible because I'm just that hungry. Yeah, because at the end of the day, like, I love my prep food, right? Like, I love the food and oftentimes, yeah, have those cravings, but it's like, I'm cool with the food. It's You always want more of it as you get closer to to show date is just like, I wish there was double of this, but that's those those cues in your body that you need free food. And that's that's also why you get certain cravings sometimes too, right? Is like you're having those cues of like, like why why do we always crave a burger when we're on prep? Part of it's the low body fat and craving something that's more fatty, right? Yeah. It's like Yeah, that makes sense. So, um, yeah, I've definitely, definitely experienced extreme hunger. So that's something that's, that's normal too. I think one, one thing as well that can definitely happen coming out of a show is as you're eating things that are more processed, maybe more sugary. I think the combination of number one, maybe not feeling great about yourself or your body and how it's changing. And also to literally just the sugar and preservatives and all the things that are in processed foods, those can have a negative effect on your brain chemistry. Just that just sugar alone mm-hmm. is shown to increase anxiety, right? So all of a sudden we're gaining weight, we're gaining body fat we don't feel at our best anymore and we have this extra thing the sugar and you know maybe some of the treats we're having yeah and if you throw alcohol in the mix that's even yeah compounding more. and can make you feel really just crummy from the inside out so that's another thing that can happen um 
I always like to keep taking my digestive enzymes as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lactate, the lactose enzyme, lactase, the enzyme essentially that helps you break down lactose and dairy. I carry that around with me 24 mm-hmm. seven and off season. Like I've got some extras in my purse. I've got it in my work bag because I feel so crummy if I eat dairy and I will, you know, I'm not, I'm not so disciplined, even mm-hmm. though I know it's not good for me. I'll eat dairy in off season and then feel crappy. I've, I'm really, I'm usually really good about my dairy, but even this, this weekend I, uh, had dairy one time and it was almost, almost like what we were just talking about the whole, the, the, it's like some people call it all in method or that effort mentality, but I had, I was like, I'm just going to have one piece of this. My friend made a baked brie with fig jam. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So visualize, imagine. And I was like, I was like, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need it. I know, you know, I do the whole mental thing. Like this is going to hurt my stomach. I already know this. So I'm like, okay, I'll just have like a little bit. But then it's like that response of like, okay, I already had some. My stomach's already going to be upset. So I might as well just say F it and, and have more. And I think that's also a common thing that happens um, is that we have that once you break your diet or once you go the opposite way, you're like, you go even farther. So that's what's really important about reverse dieting is being able to have that discipline, that self-control to remind yourself that, okay, I can have this little, this little bit of brie and not having that restrict mentality and, but being able to have that control because you're, because you're not as restricted, right? I think when we're on prep or when we're cutting, when we're dieting, we're just so restricted that it's really, really hard. It can be really hard and mentally challenging Mm -hmm. to come out from that. Yeah, it can be, it can, reversing is really hard. It's really hard. I mean, prep is hard. Don't get me wrong. But I think one thing that's helped me because I've had times where I've struggled, like I said, when I was tapering my cardio down from 70 minutes and I couldn't believe that I had done that to myself and I, you know, needed to do all this cardio and stuff. If you try to remind yourself, what I try to remind myself is at the end of the day, you're reversing and doing all of this effort and trying to stay disciplined as fast as possible because you love yourself and because you love your body and you appreciate your body. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be one of those people that gains 30 pounds after a show I think, I think genetically that would be hard for me to do in the first place, but I try to stick to the reverse diet as much as possible because I care about my body. I love it. I want it to be healthy. I want it to look and feel as best as it possibly can transitioning into off season. And so Mm -hmm. if you can kind of remind yourself that like, okay, I'm not doing this Mm -hmm. to win a trophy. I'm not doing this. So my coach will think highly of me or look good on Instagram, you're doing this because you give a crap about your body and you want to take care of yourself and you love yourself. And if you can bring it back to that and bring it back to a positive motivation, I think it really mm-hmm. helps staying on track, even if even if you're not perfect. Yeah, and I think a big tip is changing that mentality from the I can't mentality, I can't have that, I can't do that, I can't, to I don't want to. Because again, going back to loving yourself, like it's not that I can't have that brie or, you know, whatever it is, it's like, I don't want to because I know it's going to upset my stomach. Mm-hmm. I know that if I really loved myself, yeah. I would be instead eating something that is going to make me feel good inside uh, versus something that may, you know, hurt me later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think I think that's that's a great point, too, is changing that inner dialogue. So it's not even, yeah, rather than saying I can't have that, 
tell yourself, I can have the Brie, but I'm choosing not to because mm-hmm. I know I, I don't want it that badly right now and I'm going to have something else so that I can further myself towards my goals. Mm-hmm. You know, changing changing that language to I can't to I can, but I'm choosing not to. Yeah, or just taking that extra second to think about what you're about to eat. I mean, a lot of times too, you may have this craving, but you're not even hungry. Mm -hmm. That happens to me a lot. Like I say, oh, I'm always hungry, but I'm not. Like, you know, like my stomach is (laughs) full. Like I'm not actually hungry physically. Your Instagram story say otherwise, Michelle. (laughs) Mentally hungry is what happens a lot of the times. And sometimes, you know, taking that step to do something different, like drink water, uh, has been huge for me. Or, you know, maybe eat your vegetables first or eat something Mm -hmm. healthier first. And if you're still really craving or having something, one big tip is not having any of those like processed foods in the house. But if it's like, if you really, really need it, then you got to take your ass outside and drive to the store. And that's, you know, having that extra barrier Mm -hmm. between those decisions is is important. Yeah, for sure. And, And that's a great point too. Just basic things, taking care of yourself, like making sure you're staying hydrated. Are you getting enough sleep? Those things like that will definitely affect your hunger. So make sure you're still taking care of yourself too. That's going to, that's going to give you the best clue of how you're actually feeling. And then you're, you're absolutely right, Michelle. Don't keep the process stuff in the house. I made the mistake this year. This is the first time I think in about four or five years where I ordered a bunch of these specialty cookies. Mm. I was just, I was really feeling it by the end of the prep this year. And the worst thing is, is I was eating them and then feeling not good, feeling mm-hmm. crappy. So I'd throw them out. And then the worst thing is I'd get another shipment. You know? <laughs> I'd get this. It's so wasteful. I feel embarrassing. Uh, I'd, get, I'd get the shipment straight into the trash. Like it was so, just, it was so bad. Or like, yeah, get the shipment, give it, give the whole thing to a friend. Don't buy I mean, okay. I won't say don't limit your purchases of food when you're on prep. Because that was a big thing. I was much better this year. But it's like, I would buy these things that I was craving on prep. Like, cereal, Pop-Tarts, whatever. Once I'm out, once I'm on off-season, like, I no longer would even want those things. So then they say, like, I still have a box of Pop-Tarts that I bought while I was prepping that I don't even want, you know? So, mm-hmm. no, same with the cookies. Sometimes you buy all these cookies because on prep you're like, I'm going to eat all these cookies. Yeah. But then once you're not in that restrict mentality, you don't even... Yeah. yeah, once you're once you're able to eat them, you're like, oh wow, um, my eyes and my wallet were way bigger than my stomach. So, oops. Yep, I and, still have lots of cookies in the freezer. Yeah, yeah, and then when I first started competing too, I did the same thing, but with Oreos. Mm-hmm. And I think I bought after one of my shows my first year. I think I bought like three different types of specialty Oreos. And I ate so many freaking Oreos after that, and I will not. After that, I think that kind of taught me the lesson. After that show, I was like, okay. Yes, the Oreo was yummy, but I probably needed two of them. And I would have been just Mm -hmm. as satisfied as with those three big full-size containers in my house. Did I need to do that? No, not really. (laughs) So most most times I'm good, but this, I think this year was a little different. The off-season was short and I just, I was definitely feeling uh, fatigued by the end. Mm -hmm. It doesn't help that there's a lot of companies now targeting us like there's so many cookie companies and the more you look at them the more you get yeah or you see or you see your friends order them Mm -hmm. and so then you're like oh well I need to try that one Mm -hmm. because that cookie on Michelle's page looks so good yeah or this this. one's a seasonal man I gotta order it right now (laughs) now or it's gonna be gone forever and I'll never get to eat that cookie oh yeah yeah so um but yeah I mean 
reversing, it's not easy. And that's, I think that's one thing too, just acknowledging that it's, it takes work, it takes effort, it takes mental discipline, but it is really worth it in the end. And that's what, that's what I try to remind myself, my athletes. It's, it's maybe not as much work as prep, but it's, but it's tough. But if you can, if you can do your best, the results are well worth it. It gets your metabolism in a good spot, gives you a chance to build some lean muscle and go about your off season feeling, feeling confident. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Bikini Things. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And give us a follow on Instagram at bikini underscore things. We'll catch you in the next episode.